Hey guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and that is Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the most premium, high-quality, science-backed products on the market in Australia today, and you guys can use the code TFLP to save 10% off your next order at unifyactive.com. Unify has a range of products, including whey protein isolate, plant-based protein, a pre-workout, creatine monohydrate, and their best-selling product, the Hydration Formula. So again, use that code TFLP to save 10% at unifyactive.com. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to a solo episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you guys listening to this episode, and I know you're going to take so much value away from this one. All around some hacks with tracking your macros and tracking your calories. I've had you know over 10 years of experience of tracking my calorie intake and my nutrition journey has kind of gone from one extreme to the other at times and I feel like I've found a really good middle ground at the moment and I'm going to share some of those experiences with you guys along with some of these hacks that I I like to use when tracking macros to make sure you know the most important thing is that my approach to nutrition is sustainable and that it works, obviously. I'm able to dictate and determine what my body composition is purely by nutrition and obviously aligning my training and the rest of my habits with what my goal actually is. But it should not be confusing, right? When it comes to nutrition, there's just so much conflicting information in the fitness industry that I completely understand why it can be super difficult to to have an understanding as to whether or not what you're doing is the right approach. And when we have stress and anxiety around the unknown and not knowing whether or not our approach is working or not, then it leads to a lack of adherence. It leads to a lot of hopping between you know different nutrition protocols all of the time. And it also leads to a very difficult path to seeing body composition results. So I've mentioned on the show before when our cortisol levels, so our stress levels are high, it's actually very difficult to lose fat even when things are even when everything's all aligned and perfect it becomes a lot more difficult to see body composition results particularly body fat loss or a loss of body fat when our stress levels are high so i'll give you guys some background firstly on i guess my whole journey with nutrition and i'm sure some of you will be able to relate to this so taking it all the way back to when i first got stuck into the fitness side of things and was in the gym you know, trying to build muscle, get lean. And I kind of went to the very extreme end of the spectrum, right? So I tried all of the different diets out there. I would be looking at bodybuilding magazines. I'd be looking online. I'd be watching YouTube videos, reading articles, trying to find the secret in terms of how to build muscle and to get super lean. Now, the problem that I had is that I was overtraining, so I was very obsessive with my training and, and had a very unhealthy relationship with training and food, and I was also obsessed with trying to look a certain way, so I wanted to be super lean, and as a result, I overtrained and underate for a very long period of time. So to give you an idea, there was a point in time where I was the exact same height as I am right now, and I'd been training for two or three years. And in my head, I was fucking looking like Arnold, right? But obviously, that wasn't the case. I was about 25 kilos less than what I am right now. So, severely underweight, 
very poor relationship with food. Um, I would restrict calories significantly, particularly when you looked at how high my energy output was and I would feel bad when I ate certain foods and, you know, the whole deal. And I would eat and then I would exercise afterwards because I felt bad about it and uh, it was just a fucking absolute mess and nightmare. Now, if you fast forward a few years down the track, I eventually got to the point where I started learning from more reputable sources when it came to nutrition and training. And that's when the game completely changed for me, right? And, you know, ultimately that's what's allowed me to continue this journey and of understanding training and nutrition to the highest level to be able to help as many people as possible achieve their health and fitness goals, whether that's how people feel and their general health and well-being on a daily basis or whether it's body composition. So once I started to understand how nutrition works, and I guess I want to preface this with just explaining that the only way that any quote-unquote diet works in terms of fat loss is because you're in a calorie deficit, meaning that we're in a negative energy balance. We're expending more energy than we're taking in, and that is the only fucking way that we can lose fat. So understanding that now, we have to also look at what this means. So the big dog, so the top of the hierarchy, is our energy in versus our energy out, okay? The negative energy balance. If we are, and the negative energy balance is created with the calorie deficit, okay? And obviously uh, coming into and factoring in the fact that we should be looking at our training output and and what we're doing for training and, and whatnot. But today's kind of topic is around nutrition. So the only way that any diet works for fat loss is if you're in a calorie deficit, So what that means is that if you prefer to follow a vegan diet, that's great. If you prefer vegetarian, fantastic. If you prefer to do intermittent fasting, if you prefer low carb, low fat, name any diet out there. The only reason any of them work is because, apologies for that, the only reason that any of these work is because you're in a calorie deficit. So once we have that understanding, we then allow ourselves to shift the mindset from what we're eating to starting to look at how much we're eating on a much more regular basis and trying to be as consistent as possible with our intake once we know what it should be because this is going to remove the guesswork and there should be absolutely no guesswork when we talk about achieving a certain body composition, okay? Because early days, as I said, I was caught in the trap of thinking that if I ate healthy foods, um, if I restricted my calories and whatnot, then I would see the results that I want. But in actual fact, the problem that I had and a problem that so many people have when they start, you know, a lot of the clients that I speak with or potential clients come to me with the problem of just not eating anywhere near enough, right? So it's it's kind of funny. A lot of the time when someone comes to me to start working um, with me in my coaching program or whatever it may be, they've been trying to lose fat for some time. And the first thing that I always do is actually increase their calories. (laughs) Now, what happens when I increase calories, particularly if someone has been overtraining and under eating, in that period of time, our bodies are very good at adapting. Okay, so in time, our metabolism starts to suffer a little bit. Our body adapts to the amount of calories we're consuming and the amount of output we're doing, um, and you know our our progress stalls, it plateaus, and there's it's you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place when you're not eating much and you're training a lot. You're trying to lose fat and you hit a plateau. So in this process, we're much more likely to lose muscle mass. We're much more likely to have poor workouts because our energy output isn't as good as what it should be. And there's a million different things that come with that. So once we start to understand what our energy intake should be for tracking our calorie intake and 
there's a number of different ways we can work that out. And one of them is, you know, using something like a macro calculator to get a rough understanding of how many cows you should be consuming to see your body composition goal. If it's fat loss, you're eating in a calorie deficit. If it's muscle gain or weight gain, you're in a calorie surplus. If it's maintenance, then obviously you're eating at a maintenance calorie intake. <clears throat> so, and you guys can do that using the link in the show notes. There's a free macro calculator below for you guys to, to use and get the, the custom macros that are specific to you and whatever your goal is at the moment. But coming back to the my experience with nutrition, once I understood this, right, I understood that I needed to download my fitness pal. I understood that I needed X amount of calories in order to, for me to achieve the result I wanted. I started tracking protein, carbohydrates, and fats religiously, okay? So I was trying to nail my targets to the absolute gram, and in time, I kind of went from one extreme to the other. I was obsessed with nutrition before and just going into it blindly and and with the wrong approach i now found the right approach but i became obsessed with that as well so i was using my fitness pal all day right i was i was spending so much of my day being consumed by food and what i was going to choose to eat and whether or not it was the right amount of macros and it just got fucking consuming and i know that happens to a lot of people and and there's a lot of kickback usually from potential clients not wanting to track macros now I'll just quickly address that because I think there's there's a few things to this. After you've listened to this episode, a lot of the problems or the worries that you've got around tracking macros should be well and truly fucking gone. But I do understand why people get worried about it. But on the other hand, I have to also step in and say, well, if you're not willing to use an app such as MyFitnessPal for a few minutes a day to guarantee that you will see a body composition result, then I have to question how fucking serious you are about seeing that result. Okay, think about how much time we spend on our phones every single day and the amount of people that come back to me and say, oh, well, I don't want to track my calorie intake because that's, that's just too much. That's a bit too obsessive and all this, all this shit. You have to, like, I don't know what else to say, right? If you, if you want to see results, you will not lose fat unless you're in a calorie deficit. And the other part of this is that if we're going into a severe calorie deficit, which is what typically happens when people try and lose fat because they crash diet, remove all the fucking calories from their nutrition, from their current intake, cut out all the foods they enjoy most. And yes, you will see weight loss in a very short period of time, but that's not what we want. We want to lose fat and there's absolutely no need to be drastically cutting calories at all, but particularly at the start. Okay, and this is what creates that unhealthy relationship with food and this is what leads to binge eating and a poor poor relationship with food. Okay, so by tracking your calorie intake, all right, and, and what I want to also mention is that my view on what you should track has changed over the years. Okay, so for me, I look at tracking my calorie intake and my protein minimum. And the protein minimum basically means that that's the minimum amount of protein that you should be having for the day. Anything above that is fine as long as we're sticking to our calorie intake. The reason being is that our carbohydrates and fats ratio is largely irrelevant for most people listening to this show, right? If you're looking at doing bodybuilding or if you're really trying to optimize your athletic performance and you're super lean and you're you know competing professionally or whatever, then yeah, you know, looking at nutrient timing and all that type of stuff is is definitely of benefit. But for the general population, people wanting to get super lean, to build muscle mass, whatever it may be, just track your calorie intake and your protein minimum. And in that process, you will also begin to understand what your body responds best to. Okay, so if you're tracking your intake daily, 
then you'll start to see, hey, like this past week I felt really good and when I go back and look at what my calories were most days, it looks like my carbohydrates were usually pretty high and fats were a bit lower. So we begin to understand that, hey, my body responds pretty well to this. Maybe it's the opposite way around. Maybe you respond better to higher fat and lower carb. I don't know. But that would be personal, right? That would be different from person to person and that's the beauty of understanding your numbers. You know, I, I always say, you want to become the CEO of your own body. There is no successful business or company out there that doesn't keep track of what's coming in and what's coming out to remove the guesswork and to make sure they know what to change when things aren't working. It's no different with our bodies, okay? So the first most important part of this episode before you even get into these fucking macro hacks is that you should be tracking your intake if you're serious about seeing results. The next thing I want to touch on, and I've mentioned this before, so I don't want to dive into this for too much because I've covered this in detail previously and you guys can go back and have a listen to these episodes, but we we want to look at our calorie intake like a budget, okay? And I've talked about calorie cycling and all the rest of it, but we're just going to talk about it on a daily basis here. So everything shifted for me when I started to look at my calorie intake like a financial budget every single day. Okay, so let's say I've got 2,500 calories and that's my target calorie intake for today. I want to think of it like I'm spending 2,500 calories for the day. So if you, if I gave you a certain amount of money at the beginning of the day and I gave you a whole day to go shopping and you went out and spent all of it before lunchtime, but you still, still had a whole day to shop well, you wouldn't have any money left to shop for the rest of the afternoon. It'd be pretty fucking boring and you'd be wishing that you didn't spend it so early in the day. Okay, and it's no different with our food intake. When we look at it like a financial budget, we start to look at how can we spend it in the most effective and efficient way that's going to work for us. Okay, because all the little myths and misconceptions around, you know, having to eat small frequent meals in order to, you know, stoke the fire and and build your metabolism, all that stuff is largely irrelevant. You know, meal time, meal frequency plays absolutely fuck all of a role when it comes to your metabolism. The only time that I would recommend looking at how many meals you're having for the day is to optimize your protein distribution, your protein intake, which is going to help with muscle protein synthesis. So I typically don't go any lower than three meals, okay? But what I'm getting at here is that you need to look at when do I most want my calories? When do I need them the most? So me personally, I usually skip breakfast, And I try and save or I try and allocate a large amount of my calories for later in the day because that's when I'm most hungry. So I don't want to spend all of my calories early in the day and then get to the end of the day when I probably need them the most and then have to either, you know, refrain from trying to consume more calories so I can stick to my intake or what most people end up doing is just blowing out their intake for the day. And then we have this mindset of we'll start again tomorrow and we want to get out of that as soon as possible. Okay, you should never be on or off a diet or on or off a training program. It's just the volume dial. We turn it up when we want to make things a little more disciplined. We turn it down when we're ready to relax and get a little looser with things. So I want you guys to really take this into account and start to look at how do I want to spend my calorie intake every single day in a way that's going to be more beneficial for me. All right, and we're removing that belief around the fact that we can't consume carbohydrates later in the day or that we can't do this, we can't do that. Just try and evenly distribute your protein in basically all of your meals for the day, okay? So frequent protein servings when possible. Make sure you stick to your calorie intake. 
make sure that you're choosing majority of your calories from nutrient-dense and you know healthy options while still allowing a small percent to come from whatever the fuck you want, right? Because I'm a massive believer in never removing something from your diet or from your nutritional intake, however you want to refer to it as. Never removing something that you know you can't go the rest of your life without. And it's a pretty common sense thing to do realistically because if I cut something out that I know I'm going to crave or, or want or have again at some point in time, if I've restricted myself and deprived myself of that for so long, by the time I have it again, I'm most likely going to binge. Okay, it's, it's pretty straightforward. So in saying that, I'm trying to lose fat at the moment and I'm in a calorie deficit and I'm still eating ice cream every single night before bed. Um, I'll still have a couple of glasses of wine on the weekend if we go out for dinner or, or we're catching up with friends or whatever. And it doesn't change anything. I'm still seeing consistent progress because I'm not just, I'm not coming into it with a fuck it mindset. I'm coming into it with a, a smart approach. Um, I'm making sure it fits within my intake. I'm, I'm budgeting in, budgeting in, whatever I want to eat to my calorie intake for the day. And I don't have to stop and start. I can just remove the stress. I can keep on track. I, I don't have to feel guilty about eating something that's not necessarily seen as healthy. It doesn't fucking matter, guys. Okay, life's for living, unless you're a fucking professional bodybuilder, it does not matter that much, particularly when you understand that you will continue to see results if you are consistent. I'd much rather have a consistent month that's that's close enough to my calorie target in comparison to having a perfect week and then two shit weeks, then another perfect week and then a shit day and then a few good days and then a few shit days. If our intake is like a yo-yo, our results will be like a yo-yo, right? And that's when we start to not enjoy training. That's when we start to think that fat loss is fucking hard and all the rest of this shit that so many people the relationship that so many people have with food and seeing results. It's purely because you haven't followed the right approach. Okay. When I speak to people who say, I just can't, no matter what I do, I can't lose fat or nothing works for me. It's not the case. It's the, the problem is you've created this limiting belief around how difficult it is to get in the best shape of your life, to lose body fat or whatever it is because you've followed fucking shit approaches previously. So now you've associated getting lean with a shit approach that didn't work that you could never sustain over a long period of time so what the fuck's the point of that okay so there so when we look at tracking our intake we're looking for sustainable a sustainable approach that we're more than happy to stick with for the rest of our life when i work with clients by the time they get to the end of their time working with me they're not, they're not counting down the days until they can go back to how they want to eat again. We're incorporating the things that they want into their intake every single fucking day because I know they're going to stick to it and, and adhere to the, to the process if they enjoy it and it should be enjoyable, okay? So quite clearly, we're thinking of our body like a sports car. You know, If I bought a Lamborghini, I wouldn't take it to the service station and fill it with the lowest quality fuel or the cheapest fuel there because I know it's not going to run efficiently and it's probably going to have issues, right? Our body's no different. If we want to perform our best, look our best, feel our best, provide our body with the highest quality fuel that we possibly can. So the first hack there is just budgeting your calories like a financial intake. The second one, which really changed everything for me, is starting to plan ahead, okay? So as I mentioned before, we have a bit of kickback when it comes to tracking that intake because people are consumed by the MyFitnessPal app and I used to be as well. I'll also mention that you don't have to use MyFitnessPal. You can use any 
calorie tracking app that you want to it it really um doesn't matter too much as long as it's as accurate as possible with the with the options that are in there and you're able to track things correctly right but when I first started tracking, I would go through the day and I would just figure out what I wanted to eat. I'd plug it in. I'd start to kind of figure out how many cows I've got left. I'd see what else I could eat. And I ended up just being consumed by it all day, every day and thinking about my meals the whole time, which is not convenient, right? It's, it's pretty fucking annoying, to be honest. And it's very hard to actually get anything actually done when you're constantly thinking about food or using my fitness pal. So most people have a rough idea of what they're going to eat before the day starts, okay? And that's not always the case, which is fine, but I'll use myself as an example. I typically have a very similar breakfast. If I do eat breakfast, um, I typically have very similar lunches, or at least I know what, how many calories roughly are going to be in that lunch. And same with my dinners. It's, I, don't, I, don't go, I don't stray too far unless it's like a weekend and we're going out or whatever it may be. So what I do the night before or the morning of I will plan ahead and then work backwards. So I'll show you how that plays out. So if I've got my 2,500 calories to spend for the day, the night before, I might plug in what my breakfast is going to be. So it might be what I've been having this week anyway because I've started to reintroduce the breakfast as I'm in this deficit. So I've got uh, better energy to train in the morning. So I'm having protein oats. So I plug in oats, protein powder, um, some berries, some sugar-free syrup, peanut butter, and whatever else I put in there, right? Now, that's already a tracked ahead of time. Now, a quick hack, another little hack, actually. I said maybe have a shot every time I say a, a fucking orange juice shot or something every time I say the word hack because I've said it about 50 fucking times already. But I, something you can do in my fitness pal is if you have a similar thing each day and there's multiple ingredients in it is you can create your own meal, so I've done that for smoothies and stuff. So I'll plug in, I'll go in, create my own meal. I'll plug in all the ingredients and I'll save it as a smoothie because if I'm going to have the same smoothie each time, I may as well just use the one option instead of having to put in every individual ingredients. Coming back to what I was talking about, I'm tracking ahead. So I've tracked my, my breakfast. Um, I'm being, I've been having my muscle chef meals for lunch. So typically they're around 500 cows, I would say, most of the time. So I'll plug in a MyFitnessPal app, a, uh, a MyMuscleChef meal, sorry, into the MyFitnessPal app. And then for dinner, we usually have some form of lean protein sauce, whether it's chicken or beef or even kangaroo lately as well. And then a, a carbohydrate sauce, which will usually be whether it's pasta, whether it's um, potato or rice or whatever, and some veggies. So I'll plug that into the app ahead of time. So now all of a sudden... I've already, I've already tracked my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner within a couple of minutes, okay, the night before or the morning of, and what I'm left with is a certain amount that's actually left over. So realistically, all I'm actually actively tracking each day is the leftovers, and I'll use that for snacks, I'll use that for dessert or whatever. So just for a very simple mass example, if my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner were all 500 calories each, and my target was 2,500, I now have a 1,000 calories left over and that's all I need to track. Okay, I'm making sure I hit my protein intake. I'm making sure that I reach my calorie target and I'm just filling in the gaps. So with that 1,000 calories, I can spend that however I want. Uh, I might have a mid-morning meal. I might go grab a coffee and there might be milk in it, so I'll track that. Um, you know, Whatever, pre-workout meal, dessert, however you want to fill those calories in, that's all you need to do. 
And if you're having the exact same shit every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you don't even need to plug it into the app because you know it's going to be the same. You literally just track whatever the remaining amount of calories is that you know is coming towards your intake. And that's it. Like That should not take you long at all. So all these excuses about having to use the app and always be on your phone and shit, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's just an excuse. That's exactly what it is. It's an excuse. So planning ahead is a fucking game changer. And it'll, it'll work in your favor. It'll allow for better adherence and it'll continue to allow you to have a healthy relationship with food. Now, the next thing is around eating out, okay, which is something that most people want to do and it's going to happen, all right, unless you're just fucking being a hermit crab and, and staying home all the time and, and never doing anything socially. And obviously in Australia at the moment, we're about to move into summer, which is quite social, right? So when we want to eat out or if we want to have a drink or we might go out for lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever, there's a few approaches that we can use and I'm going to share them with you now. The first thing I want to say around this topic is that we have to understand that there's no such thing as fat loss food, there's no such thing as muscle building or muscle gaining food, and there's no such thing as fat gaining food. Right? There's calories. And there's obviously the, the amount of nutrients that is in these calories, of course. I'm not neglecting that. So, you know, I know there's always going to be someone who responds to this and says, You're telling everyone to eat shit. And that is not the case at all. I'm telling people to live a fucking life and to achieve their result in a most effective way. So when I understand there's no such thing as good or bad food or fat loss foods or muscle building or fat gaining foods, I start to look at everything as as equal when it comes to calories. And again, we're making sure that we are trying to consume majority of those calories from things, from things that are high in nutrients, high in nutritional value, okay? Common sense. We have a few options when we plan on eating out. Now, there will always be occasions, unless, again, you are working towards a strict deadline, where you do have the fuck it mentality, mentality, right? Whether it's a birthday, whether it's Christmas, whether it's uh, whatever it is, okay, anniversary, whatever it may be, there will be times where I don't bother tracking at all because I just want to live life, enjoy myself. And the beauty of tracking your intake consistently is that consistency always wins. If I've been consistent for three months and there's been three days out of that three months where I didn't track and I ate way above my calorie intake, guess what? It's going to make fuck all of a difference and you will be perfectly fine, I promise. Okay, it's not going to make, it's like saying if you have one bad day, right? And it's not even a bad day. If you have a day where you consume too many calories, that is literally like saying you could be overweight and if you eat a low calorie diet for one day, the next day you're going to wake up absolutely shredded. Not going to happen, man. So the opposite's not going to happen either. You're not going to wake up after a high calorie day and even though you've been consistent for months and somehow you're going to look like shit the next day. It's not going to happen. So our approaches to eating out, there will be periods of time where I am all for just enjoying life and not tracking and just being sensible. And if you've been tracking for, for long enough and you've been keeping the foods in your nutritional intake, the ones that you enjoy most, you're most likely not going to binge anyway because you haven't deprived yourself over time. Now, option one when we eat out is we are going to create a calorie buffer, okay? So when we do this, we're not even going to track the actual food that we eat when we're out. We're going to create a buffer. Now, here's what I mean. So if I'm going out for dinner and let's say I'm going out for pizza at night, I'm going to have a look in my fitness pal and see 
what how many calories is in you know a generic slice of pizza and i'm going to figure out roughly how much i think i'll probably eat for dinner if i'm going to have a glass of wine or whatever it is a beer uh, i'll plug that in too now i'm going to decide how many calories i want to allocate to that dinner so it might be a thousand we'll use a thousand calories as an example so i'm saying that i'm allowing myself a thousand calories for dinner what i then do is work backwards so if i've got 2500 to start off I've taken a thousand out and that's what I'm allocating for dinner or that could be lunch or breakfast, whatever you want to do. Then I'm working backwards. I now have 1500 calories to reach before that meal and I have a protein minimum to reach as well. Now, by the time I get to the meal that I'm going to have while I'm out, there's a few things. Firstly, I can enjoy it absolutely guilt-free, stress-free because I've already accounted for it. Secondly, I've allocated a decent amount of calories so the likelihood of going over my intake for the day is quite low. Thirdly, I'm not going off track. I'm not having a fucking cheat meal. I'm not doing any of that shit. I'm just making sure that I stay consistent with my intake. I don't have to start again on Monday. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to do any of this shit. It's accounted for. So the calorie buff is a really good idea. The other way we can do it, I'm self-admittedly a very big fan of Nando's and I reckon I probably pay their fucking electricity bills with the amount of times I order Uber Eats off Nando's per week. But what I do, whenever you've got an option that's a... Uh, I guess a reliable chain restaurant if you could say that I guess there's usually a verifiable option in my fitness pal for their meals so if I'm going to have some grilled chicken and chips or if I'm going to have a, a, a chicken wrap or chicken and salad whatever it is from Nando's I'll go into my fitness pal and I'll just type in the option and I'll add it into my intake like I would with anything else okay and continue to make sure that I finish at my targets for the rest of the day Always understanding that when you have more calorie-dense foods that are lower in volume, obviously it's not going to make you, it's not going to really do as much to your hunger levels in comparison to, you know, lower calorie, higher volume foods. Okay, so some examples of lower calorie, higher volume foods would be things like berries, popcorn's a really good one, um, things like oats, even rice to an extent, I think, you know, to be honest, rice and potato and stuff like that. Um, Foods that fill you up, that you can eat a lot of, that aren't really dense in calories. That's the goal when you're in a calorie deficit, to be honest, is to eat as much food as possible within your intake. And you're not going to do that by choosing super calorie dense foods all the time. You're going to do that by choosing high volume, low calorie options. So there's that's how we approach eating out. It's, it's very simple. And that may include if you want to have a drink of alcohol or whatever as well. We can just fit it within our intake and we move on so we don't feel guilty. Coming back to the days where we do just blow our calorie intake out, which which I think is almost inevitable at some point in time, right? And that's fine. That's fucking part of life. It's We're not here to... There's more important things in life than just constantly looking shredded all the time and, and carrying around fucking Tupperware containers and all that shit. What I have to help you guys understand is that if you do have a day where you blow your calorie intake out, we need to implement the goldfish mentality where the next day we forget about it. Okay, we go back to normal, back to our usual intake, maybe increase some water a little bit, put the calories to good use and have a really good workout if you're meant to train that day, but don't try and make up for it. That is what's the beginning of a very unhealthy relationship with food. When we drop our calories the next day, we do a shitload of cardio or whatever and we feel bad and we try and make up for it. You don't need to do that. You do not need to do that and you shouldn't do that. 
the last, there's a couple more actually. So with my fitness pal, I guess you can go into your settings obviously and regardless of whether you've got the paid or the free option, you can set your calorie target. You can set your protein minimum. Now, all you need to do is make sure you stick to cows, stick to protein minimum. That's it. Very simple. You should know by now if you use the app that you can scan barcodes and all that stuff and you can choose your serving sizes and all the rest of it. It's, it's a very easy to use app and again, removes the guesswork. The last thing I want to mention, because people get confused about this, there's two actually. So you will understand once you start tracking, if you haven't before, that 100 grams of protein is not 100 grams of chicken. All right, so just because something weighs a certain amount, that doesn't mean that's how much protein is in it if it's a protein source. The second thing, it sounds obvious, but I mean, I used to probably think that as well. So I don't blame you if you think that because it, it kind of makes sense. The next thing though is how we should be tracking the weight of our food. So if we're having, um, actually, I'm just thinking of more of these hacks as we go. So I'll give you two more. This is the second last one. The, the weight of the food we're having, you should always weigh your food raw. Okay, the only time I don't weigh it, weigh it raw is with things like rice. I always um, weigh my rice as cooked weight. But the reason why we want to weigh things like chicken or red meat or fish or whatever, you know, lean, lean meat in particular or lean food in particular, the reason why we want to weigh it raw is because depending on the way we cook it, the weight of it afterwards will be vastly different. So if I poach my chicken, it's going to most likely probably weigh a little bit different in comparison to if I had have grilled it or cooked it on the frying pan or baked it. And that's because it, the amount of um, moisture and water or whatever inside of it is, is very different afterwards. And depending on how much you cook it as well, like how well you cook a steak, it's gonna the weight of it is going to be different in comparison to having a steak that's basically... Uh, raw right um i probably shouldn't eat the fucking steak raw i don't know i don't i'm not a fan of that shit i'm medium well type of guy here but um you know what i'm getting at so you always want to weigh these foods raw okay and that way it's going to be consistent so if you're cooking up say a kilo of chicken for the week right and you're gonna use 500 grams a bit easier um 500 grams of chicken for the week and you're using that from monday to friday for your lunches it doesn't matter how you kind of spread it out across those meals just track it as 100 grams a day. Not 100, yeah, 100 grams a day. Fucking hell. I really am bad at maths. Um, so the last one I'll say, and this is something that took, I didn't know this for ages, but it, it just makes things so much easier and a lot more accurate. When you are weighing things like peanut butter, I used to just put my bowl on the food scale if you're using one, and which you kind of should be if you're tracking, I guess, uh, even for a little while so you can get good at eyeballing it. But I would put my bowl of, say, fuck, I don't know, let's say oats, I'd put them on the food scale and I'd pour the, I'd put the peanut butter in there and try and get the certain amount that I want. So let's say 20 grams. A much more effective and accurate way of doing it is putting the peanut butter on the scales, zeroing the scales out, taking the peanut butter out of the tub and doing it until the you're negative 20 Okay, so negative 20 grams because that's exactly going to be the perfect amount. You're not having to put bits in, put bits out and try and just you know go off feel until you get to the right amount. This way is a lot more accurate. So I feel like I've just kind of done a bit of a brain dump there around macro tracking and I hope you've taken some value from it. But 
you know, if you feel like you've, you've gained value from the episode, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, I'd love for you to take a screenshot and share it on your story. It, I absolutely love it when people do that. It can kind of lights me up a bit and um, it's really good to see that people are taking value from these. Even better, I'd love for you to share this episode with a friend or someone that could benefit from it also and implement these strategies now because information is useless unless you implement it. Okay, so use these strategies Um you know, use them daily. Make sure that you are starting to think of your calories like a budget. You're planning ahead. You're allowing yourself to eat out if you want to without thinking of it as a cheat meal. You're weighing your foods raw. You're understanding that close enough is good enough if we're consistent and that you're enjoying the whole process because that's how we build a really healthy relationship with food and that is what I want for you guys. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the Fitness Lifestyle Podcast if you haven't already and if you're feeling like a very good person today, I would absolutely love for you to leave a review on the show as well but completely fine if you don't. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm looking forward to chatting to you guys in the next episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. You guys are legends.